You are listening to Brexit from a Catholic Perspective. If you're like me, you found this referendum both exciting because you're given a choice over the future of your country, but also at times frustrating, irritating, and even very, very boring. And one thing that's particularly wound me up is whenever the debate has been about anything but the EU, I've noticed that we've discussed the morality of immigration, we've discussed Vladimir Putin's designs on the West, we've discussed Boris Johnson's plans to be prime minister. And so often that seems to be a rather introspective question about what is going on in Britain rather than what's going on in Europe. And then when I was asked to come here and talk about how I should vote as a Catholic or what Catholic values might mean that when I go into the ballot box, I was inclined at first to totally reject the very premise of the question. What on earth has it got to do with Catholic theology? Because for me, and I have to say for millions of Britons like me, this is a very simple decision. Am I better off, and my family, are we better off in the EU or out of it? The other side says that by pooling a little sovereignty, we eliminate a certain amount of risk and we're all richer. My side says that by coming out of the EU and exerting greater control, we can be richer that way. For me, this debate is about that. And everything that you've just heard, although very, very well-principled and ethical and brilliant and intelligent, is for the birds. But you have invited me to talk about being a Catholic, so I had to talk about being a Catholic. And once I actually began to think about the motion, I realized I was wrong, and that Tom's absolutely right. And the material isn't everything. One cannot separate one's conscience and one's politics, and this constant obsession with separating the beliefs that one holds in one's heart from the way one's vote is impossible and nonsensical. And yes, because this question is so important, we must interrogate it as Catholics. I do agree. And I often hear those who favor staying in tell me and other Catholics who favor Brexit, that we are wrong because the EU takes as its model subsidiarity, that it was designed by Catholics and driven by Catholics, apparently. And so I want to interrogate that. Is it really living up to Catholic values? Because we in the Catholic Church are a church that believes in justification by faith, but we also believe in works, don't we? What works? Is the, Catholic not only, is the EU not only supposed to be Catholic, but is it being Catholic in practice? And I will take three areas in which it is not. All of them are three fundamental principles of Catholic subsidiarity. First, social solidarity. The EU ought to be eliminating poverty, bringing people together, and eradicating justice from the, Europe from the European continent. Is it doing that? Do you think it's doing that in Greece? You think it's doing that where it's forced austerity upon a people who should really have their own currency, should be deflating, and should be selling their way out of recession? Is it doing that in Italy, where it is leading to mass deindustrialization? It, has it done that to British industries, like the fishing industry, which today led a flotilla of boats up the Thames to protest the things that have been done to that industry in the last 50 years because of fishing quotas? Is it delivering for those people? Moreover, is the EU delivering social solidarity for people outside the EU? I really get irritated when I'm accused of being a little Englander because it seems to me that the EU is based upon the premise of being a little European. 
It's about doing what's best for the people within the EU. This is a business cartel. This is a protective tariffs union, and it hurts African farmers. And it hurts the Syrian refugees who come to Greece, and what happens to them because of an EU directive? They are picked up and they are dropped back in Turkey. Is the EU practicing social solidarity with the refugees of the world, with the poor of the world, with the rich of the world? No. It exists to help its own people, and as you can see in Greece and Italy, it's not even doing that. Second Catholic principle, subsidiarity. This strangely is forgotten by the supporters of the EU, that while there is supposed to be social solidarity, it is also part of Catholic teaching that decisions are made at the most local level possible. Well, even suggesting that the EU does that is laughable, is it not? The EU with its central bank? The EU with its unelected commissioners? The EU where no one in this room can probably name any of the five presidents, probably can't even name who their MEP is? This is not the beacon of local democracy that it was supposed to be. The principle was that any decision the EU could not take would be taken at a local level, and that is not happening. Although I will give you one notable exception, an interesting exception, an area where the EU does practice subsidiarity, Abortion. Because when a case was taken to the European Court of Human Rights about abortion, and when someone was making the case that there was a universal right to life, the ECHR replied that no, no, in that instance, subsidiarity works, and we're going to leave the individual sovereign states to make that decision as to when life begins. So on that area, they do practice subsidiarity. So we have a lack of social solidarity, we have a lack of subsidiarity, and finally, what about the most important one of all, the promotion of Christian values? Because if you look at the original writings of the designers and the architects of the EU, that's what they expected to happen. They thought that if you unified the continent under a model which was Catholic, if you, if you brought people together with this grand goal of creating a more Christian, more decent union, the result would be one that would be breathed through with the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Has that happened? No. When they came to write the constitution of the EU, they discussed mentioning Christianity in it as a foundational principle, and they decided not. Why? Well, the Germans were very much in favor of it. Anglia Merkel was all for mentioning Christianity, but the French vetoed it. And the French said, well, we come from a slightly different tradition where we separate church and state rigidly, so we don't think it should be mentioned. So at the very, very heart of what the EU is, its constitution, Christianity is absent. And what is the EU doing today about the many things happening in Europe which are fundamentally, obviously, unchristian? What is it doing, for instance, about the rising tide of euthanasia in the Benelux countries? Where is the EU promoting Christian values? I don't see it. Now, having said all of that, you could say, ah, oh, but Tim, by leaving the EU, won't Britain only accelerate and make even worse the very social problems that you are decrying? Won't it lead to the breakup of the continent? And here I want to say something which very few people in the Leave campaign have got the guts to say, but I will say, and please don't tell anyone else I said it. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen if Britain votes for Brexit. Because you can't prophesy the future. But here's the other dirty secret. They don't know either what's going to happen if we stay in the EU. Because all the economists they have brought out who have prophesied disaster did not prophesy the credit crunch. 
These are all the economists who predicted a few months ago, and I remember because I worked for a newspaper and I wrote leaders saying, please don't do it. They said that interest rates were going to zoom right on up. What happened? Not only were they cut, but Japan actually invented negative interest rates. So they don't know. The reason why they don't know is because we live in a globe that is torn apart by enormous risk. And if you look at the European continent, you look at the EU and the state it is now, I would argue that there is at least as much, if not, I believe, more risk to be taken in staying in and accelerating a super union that is in a state of decline than there is in leaving. Because if we leave, we run risks. But for the first time in a very long time, we will have control. And then we can make choices which we as Catholics can influence through British democracy and through Parliament. We can decide how much money we might want to spend extra on the NHS. We can make the case for an immigration policy that precisely because we no longer take everyone who wants to come from Europe, we can open our borders to refugees, which, damn it, is what we ought to be doing. We can choose to be the better people that we want to be. While we remain within the EU, we remain tied to the decision-making of other people who, believe me, are not nearly as interested in what the Catholic Church wants as you and I are. So let's leave. Let's go out into the world. Let's take back our democracy. And let's build the decent, decent country that we want to live in. Thank you. This MP3 recording has been made available by Family Life International. Help us to make many more available in order to promote our Catholic faith. Go to www.familyandlife.org.uk and donate today. Mm -hmm.